This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons. They're barefoot and they're buttons. Yep. They go on your pedals. They make it so you can play barefoot. But more importantly, they make it so your buttons sit a little higher. And when you're running a big pedal board with not a lot of room, that can make or break whether or not you can reach that top row. Yeah. Um, it's really an accessibility option. Yeah, they're really great. Um, it's actually funny. I've gotten a few pedals that I don't have barefoot buttons for. Uh-huh. And like I'm struggling to stomp them because I'm so used to the switch being a little higher. And the pedals I've recently picked up are a little shorter than my other uh-huh. pedals. So it's kind of a funny thing. So I may need to like move uh, my barefoot buttons, buttons from around. some from some higher ones to some lower ones or maybe get some more. I don't oh, know. I'll get you some more. Anyway, check them out. Barefootbuttons.com. Ryan and I both use these. Yeah. Like this isn't just consistently. This isn't just like, oh, these guys pay for an ad, but like I mean they do. They do. But like I think I think honestly, I don't even remember exactly, but I think this relationship started with them because I approached them and I was like, Your product looks cool. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, can we market through you guys? I'm like, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh so uh yeah, I'm a big fan of the product. It makes total sense to me. I get a lot of great use out of them. They're easy to use. Uh they you can get the colors you want to match the pedals you want. Uh, there's it's a neat way to customize your stuff. People ask about them every time they see them for real on like Instagram posts and stuff like that. Like they're like, what's that? What's that button yeah, on? Why there? is your button so big? Yeah. So people, if you're looking for attention, it's one way to get it online. Oh people God. will ask you questions. Uh, but again, they're super functional. It's a lifetime investment too. These things are not going to wear out. Yeah. Uh, and you can take them. It t- it literally takes like ten seconds to take them off a pedal and move them to another pedal. Sure. So it's not like, oh, I put this thing on my pedal. If I sell it, it's gone. It's not like Velcro. Yeah. This thing, you keep it forever. As long as pedals have, you know, the most common style foot switch in the world, they're going to keep working. One of these days, we're going to get an ad and the ad's going to say, upgraded with barefoot button. Hi, I'm Brady Smith from Old Blood Noise Endeavors, and you are listening to Sixty Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, this is Steve. And this is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Uh, anything new? Yeah, uh, you know, um, no. <laughs> yeah, me either. I got nothing new going yeah, on. It's uh... There's nothing new going on in the guitar world. What if we've recorded this? Like a week before, like the biggest news in the world comes out, like right. someone more important than David Bowie or Prince or Prince or Lemmy has None passed of- away, and it's the biggest news in the world. Or someone has been born. the The new savior of rock and roll has been oh born, and it's been announced, and everyone knows about it. You know, or rock and roll has been outlawed by our new president, whoever it is. Who we don't have who, no president until next. Somehow January. they've managed to. Uh, con the country into an early election, and we now have a new president. It's Spider King. 
Oh, good old Spider King. Good old Spider King. Everyone loves Spider King. He's our new president. If you want to learn more about Spider King, go back and watch one of our first video Adventure Time episodes. <laughs> I think it's in, he's in the second one. Uh, he's going to be our president. We love him. He's so wise, and he's only going to eat some people. I I I feel like there's something that I had that was new, but like for the life of me, like there's I something can't that's new, but we're not going to talk about it this episode. Well, yeah, there is that, but I mean, like. <laughs> I don't hey, know. Uh, a little preview to the topic of the episode. Stick around uh, past the ads if you ever ditch the topic once we get to it. We're going to talk about the uh, Eastwood bass and the airline guitar that we got in. Yep. We're going to do our official review and uh, talking about these guitars and what we think about them. Uh, so you have that to look forward to in this episode in lieu of us not having anything new to talk about. Should we tackle some advertisements? I guess we're going straight to these sweet, sweet ads. Man, we're only a couple minutes. You know into what? This. If you want to send an ad, if you are one of those people that say, "I really only listen for the ads," and I usually skip the topic uh-huh. and go straight to the exit music, um, and I'm sure I really hope someone out there does that. Yeah, um, I only care about the ads. If you want to contribute to the ad, send us your ad uh, contribution to 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Links work, but if you can send us a screen grab, that's the best because it will not expire the way links sometimes do. Sometimes we don't get to look at them like the minute we get them. And so I look at them the day we're recording the the podcast. By the time we get around to... Well, I try to look at them ahead of time, um, especially Craigslist ones because those ones are the ones that usually expire. Um, But sometimes... There have been instances where people have sent us an ad and we they send it to us at like eleven o'clock at night, and by the time I get around to being able to look at it, like it's gone. Twelve hours later, it's gone. It's gone. I'm just like I don't know yeah. what you sent us. So the safe thing to do is learn how to screen grab and send us the screen grab. So yeah, uh, on PC you hit the print screen button on your keyboard, then you open Paint, uh-huh. and then you paste, and then you save as JPEG. <laughs> I have a program on my computer for like precise screen grabs that I use all the time. So I'm a pro at it. Whatever that means. <laughs> All right, this first ad was sent to us by Max Hickman. Max has Maximum been, Hickman. Max has been a uh, semi-frequent contributor to both our topics and our ads. Yep. Uh, this is a skull fuzz. This is made by Dr. No. Uh, when you say a skull fuzz, what do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, imagine incredible hell. <laughs> Okay, I haven't read this ad yet, so I'm it, all of it is new to me as you right, read this. So this is this is actually what the way that Doctor No Pedals describes this pedal. Okay, imagine incredible hell noise caused by the devil sharpening his trident on a huge steam-powered hone, rocketing heavy glowing metal shards that descend on a scorched landscape littered with skulls, a dark world where millions of moaning souls wander and scream of unsustainable hell pain. This is a summary of how the skull fuss sounds. It can't get more heavy than this. Dr. No has literally been to hell and back with as many skulls as he could carry. These human skulls have a very complex circuit as brain. Freshly torn out human eyes service fuzz and volume knob. Oh my gosh. The little switch on the side creates a short circuit in the brain for variation in fuzz. These unique personalized life-size skull fuzzes come with custom handmade wooden box protection cloth and are available in limited number series so this is like an over-the-top like art piece this will never ever fit on a pedal board no this is like 
I love that this is an actual skull and it yeah. looks like it's to scale. So it's like a medical specimen or like a medical reproduction of a skull. Yeah. I love that this one has two different colored eyeballs in it. It's the David Bowie model. Oh my gosh. It's got a blue eye and a brown eye. Uh, apparently those eyes are the knobs. Yeah. I didn't realize that when I was reading about it. That's wild. And then the, the foot switch is on the top of this full size skull and his yeah, eyes are looking I don't, out. I just, uh, uh, that hurts, man. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. You're supposed to stomp on a skull. You, these aren't, uh, these aren't that stable. No, this, you got to be careful with this thing. It's, this is 300. Okay. So this is $330. It's an art piece. This is along the lines. It's not as extreme, but this is along the lines of like the, the, uh, the ZVEX candle powered pedal. Where it's like, this is not your usual thing. Well, I would even say, like, maybe this, like, there have been other companies that have made things that, that are kind of like this, but yeah. not quite this extreme. Well, the, I didn't realize the eyes were knobs. Yeah. Um, that's. It's kind a, of in the neighborhood of the thing. people who put pedals inside of, uh, you know, like die cast miniature cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, this has the jacks on the side. Um, I'm assuming based on the way that this is all put together, that what they've done is they've assembled a circuit, they've dropped it in there and then they glued the top on. Yeah. Because normally these have like a hinge yeah. in place so you can like pop the cap off and on. Uh, but there's no, it looks like the hinges, at least the lower part of the hinges have been replaced with jacks and whatever. Uh, and then maybe they did some filling on the top, on the cap itself. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I don't know what to think about this. I want to demo one. <laughs> this is totally like an attention grabbing yeah. sort of thing. This isn't like oh, everyone's going to buy this pedal. This is this is like oh, a couple of people are going to buy oh, this pedal. Oh, this is the same company that does the mother brain delay, which is that delay that has brain like brain knobs. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, they're they're just kind of out there. Uh, I've heard good things about the Doctor No stuff. Uh huh. Um, three hundred and thirty dollar fuzz. Sheesh. Um, Jeez I mean, I, if it's really good, I mean, I guess the price is right. But I think mostly this is just really weird. These skulls aren't cheap. Oh, I bet. Like, if I it's like if it's like a medical grade kind of model. Yeah, they are pretty expensive, from what I've been told. I know people buy them. Uh, let's see, a budget two-piece anatomical skull is eighteen dollars. Um, you say not cheap, but that sounds affordable to me. But then I know it's a lot more than a regular pedal well, case. Yeah, I mean, I guess like I'm thinking of the more expensive ones because like a first class. There's one called first class human skull, and that's like three hundred dollars. Whoa, I don't. Uh, I doubt that's what he's. No, using. That, I'm sure that's not what this is. Um, I'm looking at different ones. I guess. You know, again, like I, I, I think maybe I overestimated what they cost. Um, <laughs> so I thought they were way more than like you, like again, budget two piece skull, uh, eighteen dollars. But at the same time, like you think about like um, Hammond boxes, like the most expensive Hammond box I've ever bought was like eight bucks. Yeah. So you think about it from that it's way, like, like double the price. That's double the price. So I don't know, man. But I think the expense really comes from, I'm sure, all the extra work they have uh, to it's do from the eye to make this thing 
yeah, the glass eyes are knobs. So there's all kinds of extra work to make this thing a case and then to make the knobs uh, out of those eyes. And then uh, there's the wood mount that the thing is on. So there's a lot of extra work put into this whole thing. And it's a concept piece. Like, come on, this, this guy, they're not cranking out, you know, 300 of these things yeah. to put into the market. I'm, I'm looking at medical teaching skull. That's why I searched for. And I keep seeing like the fetal skulls. And I remember Ugh. when I worked with those, when I was like, when I worked in, uh, as a lab tech for our community college uh-huh. and like something about those things, like those fetal models are like super depressing. Oh, oh, you're, you're saying that uh, a fetus skull and a fetus, fetus skeleton is depressing somehow. Yeah. You think that's yeah. a, you know, that's a little gross? Okay. I don't think it's gross. I just think it's kind it's of, depressing, right? It's depressing. Yeah, I wonder, you know, that's weird, Steve. I wonder why that would be yeah, depressing. I, I, is know. that a is that a normal reaction? You get like an adult size skull and you're like, "Oh, this person could have died anyways." What what anyways, Yeah, anyhow, yeah no, I know. What if I this mean, what if this person was a, a bad person, was a well, criminal? And for I mean, we actually had skulls that were like real skulls oh, sure. that we had like the age of. So it's like, "Oh, a 6-year-old skull like what happened to this that's two-year-old skull like what yeah Uh, and they weren't like again these weren't like these weren't reproductions these these were were the real deal deal. those are the ones that get really expensive yeah no kidding you want to buy oh i don't want to talk about this uh never mind (laughs) never mind i was going to go into some some weird areas i don't want to go there all right let's move on let's Let's, move on let's talk about let's stop talking about baby skulls and start talking about Paul Stanley. You know, I look at this guitar and and you know where I really want to play this guitar? Um in a rodeo? No, I want to play this guitar in my garage. Okay. Yeah, it's where I feel safe. Oh great. Where Here I feel, we go. It's where I feel would feel safe playing this guitar. <sighs> uh yeah, yeah. This is this is one of the Paul Stanley licensed guitars from Silvertone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've seen him before, then you know what it looks like. Um, if you haven't seen it before, it's like an Ibanez Destroyer crossed with like an SG Gibson SG, I guess. I mean, I don't think the body shape is bad. I think it's interesting. But then like the tail pieces on these things have always been a huge turnoff to me. Oh, uh, the big star. Like that, because it, because like he's, the novelty tail piece. Because he's star boy or whatever. Yeah. Star man. But they should have done. Star dude. They should have just done an, a star inlay on the fretboard. Yeah. I think that's so tacky looking. But it wor- It makes sense when Paul Stanley is holding it. It doesn't make sense for anyone else holding it. And these are not like, oh man, I really got to get this You know, reproduction of a Paul Stanley guitar. They're made by Silvertone. They're licensed to be student model entry level things. No, there's this, the Kiss endorsement to sell as many guitars as these possible. These are very much marketed towards uh, the like 15 year old kid. Yeah. I don't know what the who, price is, who, but they're like sub 500, right? Who grew up on his dad's music. Well, this one's this guy's asking 349 plus 29 dollars shipping. That's I think that's basically the price they're selling them for. Right. Kiss fans get one of the most affordable of all the signature Kiss guitars offered over the years. Despite the price, it's got pro-level features, including stock Seymour Duncan pickups and a set neck. Don't confuse it with the PSSN1, which doesn't have additional features and cosmetic upgrades. Please inspect the pics. There's some wear on the belly cut on the back from a Kiss costume. Oh my The next side strap button was moved around at one point, though it's back where the factory put it. Otherwise, in very good condition, making me rate it overall as good. What if the only people buying these guitars are in Kiss cover bands? 
that that's probably the way it should be. Right. But I'm telling you, I don't think it is. The thing that the thing that bothers me. I mean, Paul Stanley, he's he's we, we, we looked it up before this show, just to be sure. He's mostly the singer. Yeah. And he's the rhythm guitarist. When I think of like when I think of guitars and kiss, mm-hmm. I think of the Ace Freely guitar. Right. Which is like, like a, a badass the, looking. It's you a know, Les like, Paul. It's like you a know, four thousand dollar Les Paul. Cherry whatever, burst right? Les Paul with three white humbuckers in it that just is an incredible looking guitar. Right. Uh and then there's this turd next to it on oh stage. The, and there's a couple different models that are different shapes. It's like, ugh, Paul Stanley, why is your guitar so bad? Like, it's not, it's not bad. It's not awful. Like, I would play this on stage and have no problem with it if it fit my needs. Well, I mean, but it's just like it's not that level of awesome, you know. And yeah, then you got it, then you got Gene Simmons over on the side somewhere. Sticking his tongue out and playing oh playing a bass that's like a novelty bass that looks like a giant stupid axe because <laughs> it doesn't matter what Gene Simmons plays because he's not really even all that good and he's just a tongue really. <laughs> these are, these aren't even so the guy like goes off on this whole thing again. I think three forty nine was what these sold for. Don't confuse it with the PSS and one, but the reality is is a bun yeah it's got a bound set neck that's cool i guess right um it looks like one of the better is it, they're probably the best guitars that silvertone makes right now sure um but it's got a solid agathis body you know that great tone wood agathis <laughs> Not, you know um you know, they went and chopped down that agathis tree and got that chunk yeah. of tone wood and uh and the pickups aren't Seymour Duncan's like the ad says they are Duncan designed right which isn't like necessarily a they're a crapshoot like yeah yeah it's it's uh yeah they're they might be good they might be bad who knows I feel um, like this guitar is very Schecter yeah like I could see Schecter making this and doing it a little bit different and making it a little cooler yeah I I don't know, you know I, if this I just, thing were, if this thing was seafoam green and it had a Bixby on it you would play it. Or if it was Gold Sparkle, mm-hmm. I'd be way more into it. That's for sure. Because I actually don't hate the body style. You should. <laughs> I actually kind of enjoy the body style. It's got kind of like a manta ray, like sea creature thing going sure. on. Um, but yeah, it's just not my favorite Kiss guitar. What do you think about that big tailpiece? I hate the tailpiece. I hate novelty tailpieces. I hate, you know... I've been trying to figure out from looking at the pictures because that's basically a tom with yeah. this extra metal piece. It's supliferous. It like, doesn't I think, matter. I think you might be able to just take that metal piece oh, off. Oh, probably. Probably. And then you just have this guitar with the tom. It's not like it's a tailpiece that goes to the, the butt of the guitar. Right. I don't it's even, just floating there. What I'm saying is I don't even think it's actually part of the tailpiece. No. I think it's just a thing that somebody said, let's bolt this stupid thing to the guitar. Oh, so you think the tailpiece is over it? Yeah, I oh, I'm trying to find like a, okay. a picture online of so it. So it might be like three screws to take it off, and exactly. then you have to deal with some screw holes. I don't know. It could be interesting to to fix one of these up and and do your own thing with it. Oh yeah, dude, check this out. That's totally what that is. But oh yeah, it's got Paul Stanley's signature on it, and you gotta have oh Paul you gotta Stanley's have signature. you gotta have his signature etched into this stupid tailpiece. Thing. You know what I want this? That's guitar- unfortunate. You know what I want this guitar to be? Five screw holes. You know what I want this guitar to what be? What do you want it to be? I want it to be not a Paul Stanley signature guitar. I want it to be a Walker Texas Ranger signature <laughs> guitar. <laughs> 
I mean, it's got like that five point star in it. Texas oh my Pride. I don't. Okay. Change of topic. What guitar would Chuck Norris play? Uh, it wouldn't be this. It would not be this. No, it'd, it'd probably be. It'd be a B bender. You think it'd be a B bender he, Telly? He would be B bending while kicking someone in the teeth. <sighs> like that would be his move. Like his foot goes up, the Telly goes down. He's B bending and kicking someone in the teeth. I don't know. Um, I mean, but it, it may, would have like it would a make big, sense. It would have like a one of those big old leather pit guards on. I it. think it would. Okay, yeah, it might be something like that, like a real customed out Telecaster. Yeah, but I kind of feel like uh, you know, I feel like Chuck Norris is kind of a no nonsense. Here's a problem: is like it's got to be durable. Deep, yeah, yeah, deep in my heart, like I want to say, like you got you got to have big, bold, nasty. I'm thinking '70s Les Paul. But then you got those neck issues. Yeah, he can't be flipping around and kicking and jumping yeah. with a neck that he's afraid he's going to break. It's mm. got to be kind of indestructible. So I think Telecaster is still a strong option. Uh, I can't think of anything else that would be Chuck Norris worthy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably if you guys, if you guys think you know what guitar Chuck Norris would play, post about it on our Facebook group, please. Because that is important information. He probably put, just plays Strat, man. Stevie Ray you Vaughan. Know what? You know what? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, he Obviously. probably does play a Strat. He would play. Obviously, he yeah. would play. I, uh, he would play a '70s Strat. Yep. Big old headstock. Uh, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. You, uh, here's my question, though. Tex Mex pickups because yeah. his real name is Carlos. Here's my question. Is he hardtail or is, does he have a trim? Ooh, uh, he does all those bends with his finger. Like he gets all that trim with his. He fingers. does get bendy, but I also want to say I just want to say that Chuck Norris has a hard tail. My opinion. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> awful. That was terrible, huh? That was the worst. Uh, we got accused by someone, like a, a listener, a while back of us trying to starting to ride the line into like Howard Stern territory, and that felt like. Maybe we're going that direction. I don't, I don't know. even know what Hard that tail. means. I've, Neither do I'm, I. I've only like I don't really know anything about Howard Stern. I don't think we're going that direction at all. all. Right. If you think we're starting to sound like Howard Stern over here, let us know, and uh, we won't do anything because we don't have any ambition to change. Yeah. <laughs> Just waste your breath, please. We want to hear you do it. <laughs> Let's move on to the next ad. I'm so sick of talking oh about this now. Zach Wild, Epiphone, Les Paul with Carrie King of Slayer. Active EMGs, 450. So, this is hilarious to me because you've got like two big metal guys going mm-hmm. on. Both of which you would never associate with Bigsby's. Right. And I've I've said before, I've admitted, I really enjoy the Zach Wilde aesthetic of his guitars. And if they weren't associated with him and were just like a common like finish of that black and white bullseye or the cream yeah. and white bullseye in this case. I'm all about that. I think that looks so good, especially on a carved top, less Paul body. I think that looks so good. I think it's really, really neat. And the fact that this has a Bigsby on it, I'm almost like, this is kind of a guitar for me. Like I could use this. Yeah. The bullseye guitar screams as active EMG 8185 pickups, the EMG KFK 
uh, Carrie King Slayer signature model includes the EMG 81 and EMG 85, along with the PA2 20 decibel gain booster to deliver maximum Jeez distortion Louise. for Carrie and Slayer's bone crushing tones. Uh, more like, never mind. Uh, this is his exact configuration used for live and studio action. EMG 81, blah, 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 whatever. EMG 85, whatever. I, you know what? You want to know about this stuff? Go to the EMG website and read all about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I've also added a Bigsby tremolo. It's kind of an odd combination. Isn't it a vibrato? This isn't a tremolo. Whatever. Vibrato. It's, it's kind of an odd combination, but I like the vintage look on a modern guitar. It works really well and stays in tune just fine. The action on this guitar is really nice as well. I will include the original hardtail piece if you want to put it back. This guitar has only been played a few times with no scratches or dings like new. New strings. Paid $800 for the guitar, $200 for the pickups, $100 for the pickup installation at Moe's. Moe's is a well-known local shop for doing repairs. Uh-huh. $100 for the tremolo. That's $1,200. I'll Louise. let it go for half of that at $450. No trades. Um, He's bad at math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he said less than half. That's less oh, okay. Than half. okay. <laughs> no, he's just bad at investing. Sheesh. How how do you put this much work into this guitar and then say you only played it a couple times? That's kind of a sad story. Um, one the first thing that I thought of when you said you wanted to do this ad was um, one of our I think it was Jonathan Diaz on Facebook this week said if you see a guitar that says says uh, guitar upgraded with EMGs just write an email response immediately that says upgraded with EMGs. False. Right. <laughs> Not uh, an upgrade. And let, you know, some people love them. Some people yeah. absolutely have to have EMGs, which is why they put them in the guitars. But for I think for most players, that's not what you want. They're a low character pickup that has high output. So here's the thing that I don't really understand about this is it's got the EMG 8185 set. Uh-huh. I guess the PA2, if that's, I think that's what it was said. I had the ad right in front of me. Where did I put it? Um, the, yeah, the EMG PA2, that makes it like the Carrie King set. What I'm trying to figure out is this guitar already comes with the Zach Wild EMG set. Right. Which is a um, 8185. What I don't know is, um, is, like, is there a difference between the Zach Wild eighty one eighty five and the Kerry King eighty one eighty five? I have no idea. Um, that kind of seems like some bad marketing on their part. But hey, whatever. Uh, not my problem. Um, I what I wanted to say about it actually was, I haven't played this particular pickup set, but I've played other EMGs. I used to have EMGs in one of the bases I own. Uh huh. I so I I played one. Uh, I played a Telecaster that had EMGs in it. That thing sounded great. Sure. Uh, my jazz bass, one of the jazz basses I had had EMGs in it also sounded great. So, I, I, you know, I think EMGs have a reputation for being like, you know, lifeless pickups, which is, I guess, unfortunate. Um, but they're they're pretty cool-ish, I guess. Um, I think what kind of makes this guitar um, interesting is that... They are just very much, um, yeah. The so the I think the 8185 is just Zach Wilde's signature set, right? So, really, all this guy added was like the switch. 
Okay. So when he says he paid 200 for the pickups, I don't understand. Sure. But I think it's fair to say that this guy's not trying to screw anyone over. Sure, he's with, only asking for 450. Yeah. This is more than a fair price for this guitar, Absolutely. I think. If you're um, if you're even slightly interested in this style of guitar, then this is like a bang-up deal. Like it's a no-brainer. Uh I'm almost like I I super can't buy any guitars right now cuz there's too much right. going on. Uh I'm even tempted to be interested in it just cuz I love that look even though it's an Epiphone and I hate the headstock. But I love the look. I feel like with the addition of the Bigsby, I could put in a set of more vintage-styled, high-character pickups in here, like some kind right. of you know, vintage PAF style or something like that. I could have a blast with yeah, this guitar. Yeah, take it back to kind of like a more classic Les Paul sound. Yeah, I could have a blast with this guitar all day. Yeah. It would I be don't, a ton of I fun. I don't totally hate it. I think the, ads, the ad itself is funny because, you know, like you said... This guy put a ton of work into it, and then he's like, oh, just kidding. Got to sell it now. Only played it twice. Yeah. And in that case, you're just like, why? Well, why, why did you do these you things? Do these? Yeah. But it's still, it's just hilarious to me that it's got a Bigsby on it when it's just, that's like the antithesis of both of those guitarist styles. Yeah. Like, Carrie King is all Floyd Roses, right? I think so. And then and then Zach Wilde is just all hardtail all and the like, time. And like we saw that Carrie King signature guitar at the pawn shop. Yeah. Um and Flying it had like a a, like dual like uh, Duncan Invaders. Yeah. Um so that was kind of amusing. I I think one of the things I do appreciate about it is the guy realizes how out of character the Bigsby is on. Yeah, it. I'm glad that he admitted like, that. Like it's not like he's trying to be like, oh I gotta get like Got to get those sweet, like, didn't want to route this thing out for a Floyd Rose, so I dropped a big yeah. speed on it. Because it's so metal. Right. Like, literally, literally metal. This would be a good good guitar, guitar to get and either flip the big speed to get some of your money back. Or right. flip no, the, I flip, flip those pickups. Or flip the pickups or flip the guitar and keep something out of this and then flip the rest. You know, they would be yeah. good fodder for that, um, for sure. I think you could probably score... Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, there's there's some potential there. Yeah, um, I, I don't really want to break it down too much because I kind of just stopped caring suddenly. <laughs> um, should we uh, should we move on and tackle the topic? Yeah. Uh, so we've we've teased about this and we've posted about this on the group and people are aware of it. We've done various periscopes and stuff like that. We have been sent two guitars from Eastwood Guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is an airline by Eastwood, and the other is uh, a bass by Eastwood. And I'm sure you know the model numbers. Which yeah. This, I don't know off the top of uh, my head. The, you talk about it, and I'm going to pull them out of the The cases. airline I'm going to have to look up because the airline is um, kind of a tricky... It's like the 3P. Yeah, it's like the 3P LX something or other. Uh, the the Eastwood bass is the Classic 4. Um, right. I believe the airline is a 3PLX. That's what it's called. Um, I'm looking at it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the airline 59 Custom 3P Deluxe. Uh, that's the one that, that we were sent from the guitars. And again, the bass is a um, Eastwood Classic 4. We've had these for a few weeks now. I want to say like a month and a half. I don't know. A month and a half is a few weeks. It's more than a, a couple weeks. All right, I'm back on the mic. 
that's gonna sound like garbage. So Steve is holding the bass, I'm holding the guitar, and we're gonna talk about these and how we feel about them. We've had opportunity for us both to play them live. Yeah. We probably shouldn't play these because it's gonna sound stupid. But uh, yeah, it's a semi-hollow. It's meant to be played unplugged. <laughs> Uh, what are your initial impressions, Steve? Um, the case smells really bad. I think it smells good. I like the smell of that bass. <laughs> I'll just say it smells interesting. It's got kind of like a van- I, can't, I can't. It smells like Play-Doh to me. It's got like a kind of like a vanilla car freshener smell. Sure, I guess if that's your bag, like vanilla <laughs> Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, description. Yeah, um, totally. But kind of sweet you know, I can deal with it. Um, I didn't realize. So when we first got these, I started playing this, and I was like, man, this thing's so like smooth, and everything feels like so close together and so tight. Like, what's going on? It wasn't until I looked it up that I realized it was a 30-inch scale, and this is something that we've talked what's about. What's a normal scale for bass? 34. Okay. So we've kind of like, um, we've kind of pitched that over the last few episodes as, we, as we've kind of teased up to this uh, moment, I guess, um, where I've just said like, I've never been in the market for a short scale bass. Like right. seriously, like I thought about like the Squire Six, but that's kind of a different class of short scale. Oh, totally, totally different. I've, ne- I've never thought about like getting a short scale four, four string, but this thing kind of just fell into my lap. Well, when you think of short scale, you think of like a Bronco bass or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But even like thirties, like on the shorter side. Sure. Um, this thing kind of just fell into my bass, and I love the scale. Like it's it's a ton of fun. Everything's really tight. Um, my initial impressions, like. I had to make a few adjustments. Out of the box, I would say it was like 90% of the way there. I've, I've had to make a couple adjustments. Um, but as far as as like overall fit and finish kind of things go, uh-huh. I'd, probably, I'd probably give this bass, like if I was to rank it, um, I'd probably put it in a solid like 7, 7 to 8. This is a I'd this say. is this is out of a one to nine scale, right? <laughs> I'd say like, I'd say like out of ten, and that's like not a knock on it because it's a five hundred and fifty dollar base. So I think because of the price of it, I feel like I've got to rate it higher than that. I w- I would say if I was just looking at the if I well that's what I'm saying I'm saying five five hundred fifty dollars, but I'm comparing this like all up and down the scale. Okay. If I just said bases that are available five fifty and lower, then yeah, this thing's like I would say it's a nine. Totally. There were some things I had to do that I was I mean, kind but, of annoyed by. Okay. We can get into that later, maybe. Well, I, th- I think it might. I think both guitars might have t- had their journey on a very bumpy truck. Sure. Is is the benefit of the doubt that I'm going to give to Eastwood because a lot of things showed up kind of loose. Yeah, and that and that's all it was. There was um, the, I've only had to make really three adjustments. Right. Um, one was, uh, one of these, one of the strap retainers was loose. Uh huh. Um, actually, I guess I've had to make four adjustments. Two of the knobs were loose. The, the, like the volume knobs, the volume knobs, but yeah. just like the screw, the, the pot itself, very secure, but right, the right. knob, uh, the, the hex screw, the little Allen right. screw that holds the knob down, uh, wasn't down all the way. So the knob, like uh-huh. it wasn't like flying off, but it wasn't I mean, secure. But the, these things. You know, these, this, I'm I've, being I've very had, picky. Yeah, these things I've had show up on on high end pedals. I've picked up guitars in stores that are supposed to be high end and had these issues. Like they're common issues. Like I said, I want to blame a bumpy truck on this. They were getting rattled around. Things got loose. It's fine. 
Um, the only other adjustment I've had to make is I actually had to raise uh, the saddles a little. Okay. Uh, just and it's a floating uh, floating bridge, um, so it's a little different. But otherwise, like this thing's been great. Yeah, and it um, looks it looks really cool. It sounds great. I actually yeah. at first I was a little concerned because there's a big volume jump between the neck and the bridge pickup, despite the fact that the bridge pickup is like I guess it's kind of closer to the middle. They're kind almost. of the same same distance from the strings. And that might be something that I could adjust, like adjust right, the pickup right. height. But I kind of like where it is because if I'm playing something more mellow, I switch to the neck pickup only. Uh-huh. And they're both these are single coil pickups. Yeah. Um I think but, they could have easily made this a neck only pickup guitar. Yeah. And it would have hit yeah. it would have hit like that vintage style really well. But that bridge pickup really lets you do some modern stuff. Yeah. So I basically what I end up doing is for like more mellow stuff, I run the neck pickup, things where I don't really want the bass to be too punchy. Uh-huh. Um, and then for the bridge pickup, or then for like more upbeat stuff, things where I really want the bass to like stand out, I switch to the bridge pickup. Um, and I'm really like, I guess I could always stay on the bridge pickup and roll the tone off. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting about this guitar because I've only really messed around with like the modern Epiphone wiring. Sure. Or like more modern Les Paul wiring is this has like a classic um, three-way switch wiring where if you're in the middle position and you roll one of the volumes all the way off, it kills your signal. Yeah. And I guess that was designed that way for like, for um, like not blending purposes, but actually like for swells. Sure. Um, So that was kind of interesting. That took a, I want to, I, I wouldn't even say that took a little adjusting to it. just took me by surprise. Right. You weren't expecting that in a bass guitar. Right. And that's something that I, if you had a specific wiring in mind, you could do that or take it to a tech and have it done in whatever way you want. But it, the, I think the thing that surprised me the most about this bass, because these are our first experiences with guitars by Eastwood. I've always wanted to get my hands on guitars from Eastwood and try them out, but they're just not available in any stores here in our area. Well, I, and did they, they sell in stores? I don't know. I thought I they think were it's website online. only. I think it's online only. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some stores that carry them, hmm. um, kind of specialty stores. But I've always just been like, okay, I know these guitars are you know made in Korea. I know that they're... This one's made in China. Is it? This one's... Yeah. Uh, I know that they're stylistically you know, trying very hard to look like reproductions of mm-hmm. certain kinds of guitars, especially the airline. The airline is aesthetically like a dead on reproduction. Right. Um, well, the Eastwood's like a kind of in the Gretsch. It's a take. Uh, broadcaster, I think was sure. the model. Uh, and I always just wondered, are these guitars just novelty or can you play these? Right. And so the thing that really surprised me with the bass is not just how playable it was and how comfortable and fun it is to play, but how, I mean, you look at you look at it and you look at the pickups and you're like, uh, this thing's going to sound like kind of like a weird Hofner bass sort of thing. Right. It surprised me how kind of modern it sounds. Like, I'm not a huge, I'm not a bass guy, so I couldn't, I can't speak with complete confidence about the sound of it, but I feel like, I could use this as an alternative to like a P bass mm-hmm. tone wise, you know, obviously the feel is going to be different, but it you can get, you know, your, you can get your punchy bass out of it if you want, or you can get your mellow bass out of it if you want. Yeah. I, you know, I was telling someone the other night that 
the thing with this base, this base has made me change my playing up style a little, like my, my technique a little, uh-huh. but not in a bad way. Right. Uh, there are some things I had to adjust to, but they weren't things where I was like compensating. Is for, that a body style? It's a little body style. It's a little bit of it's you know it's a floating bridge versus I my bass playing uh, finger technique isn't the cleanest. Sure, uh, it tends to be a little over aggressive. And this I will say that this instrument doesn't handle like overly aggressive playing okay. the best. Um, but again, well, that's, that, that's because it does. It's got that like violin bridge type saddle going on so right i know that you were having trouble pulling the strings off the bridge yeah i well it was just specifically like the low e like was kind of loose and actually right. once i raised the the bridge a little right like it seemed like it took care of that for the most part but yeah i would lift it but then when i thought about it I'm like well why am i hitting that string anyway when i'm playing when i'm playing <laughs> why the am i a playing string? this stupid way <laughs> like i'm playing the a string but i'm like lifting up on the e string as like after right. i hit the a string um, so there are definitely things that were seemed like they pointed back more at my technique uh-huh. than something that like it's, it, honestly it's probably a combo of things, but it was my technique exacerbating something that should have been like a minor right. at best flaw. Yeah, if I'm I mean, playing with it with a pick, it doesn't matter at all. And I just I just think this thing looks cool. I really love Eastwood's uh, kind of campy, fun, playful logo. I love their their. You know, they do a good job with their headstock designs. A lot of companies, when they're doing kind of covers of other instruments, they really biff the headstock design. Yeah. And I think Eastwood does a really great job of kind of balancing what they're doing. This thing's been great. I've, I've played it out. Actually, um, I, I've played it at um, a place I don't normally play, uh-huh. at a church I don't normally play at. And when I pulled it out, like the entire team was like, oh my gosh, what is that? Yeah. That, that's like the coolest bass I've ever it seen. It really grabs attention because it does look so cool. It's got the big old F holes. Hollow body, that gold pit guard. Yeah, the whole thing's bound. The it's whole thing double, is double bound, neck bound, That's F holes bound. It looks incredible. It's got these like kind of funky take on shark fin yeah. inlays, which sounds weird. We're describing like a Gretsch style thing, and you're like, oh, shark fin, but it's like different. They're like curvy and classy, and they fit the the base. It's a good look. I'm just really impressed with this whole thing. I've played it at home. I have. I don't play bass out, so I obviously haven't played it out. But I'm just like really impressed with it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if someone got this thing and they didn't. If the pick out, pickups weren't their thing. I don't know if there's pickups that can replace that style. Probably. Maybe like a TV Jones sort of situation. Yeah, I'm sure somebody makes it. But then you consider the 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 cost of this thing mm-hmm. sub six hundred dollars. A completely playable bass that looks really cool. Like this is a stage present, stage presence level yeah. instrument where like you play this and it's your look, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really where Eastwood lives is making these instruments that are very much they're not just instruments, they're also stage props. They look a certain way. Uh if you're trying to look a certain way, then they're a great way to go. Uh they get you there on a budget versus getting the original deal. And it, as far as I can tell from these two instruments, completely playable. Yeah. The quality control is there. Uh, so we've talked they, a lot about they come this. In, they come in on a bumpy truck, but you can, <laughs> you can literally finger tighten this stuff and yeah. it's going to be we, okay. We talked about this a lot. Let's talk about that airline. Yeah, let's talk about the airline. Uh, this thing is beautiful. I love the seafoam. I love the contrast of the white on the headstock and the pit guard and everything like that. It's, uh, it's in the style 
of the vintage airlines. Uh, the obvious big difference between this airline and the original airlines is that this body is chamber- chambered mahogany. Right. The originals were made out of fiberglass, also called rezo glass, which is just a marketing term for fiberglass guitars, uh, which made them very funky and very odd instruments that take a uh, a certain type of taste to appreciate. Yeah. The thing that I think one of the first things that threw me off about this guitar is it's got that German carve going on, mm-hmm. but then like in between, like right in the middle of the side, there's like this rubber right. strip. Well, that rubber strip is a callback to the Resoglass guitars, the fiberglass ones, because right. they were two pieces that were held together by that rubber strip. Or it was like a washer in between, and there was a collection of screws on the back to hold the right. thing together. So I just, I really enjoy that they went the extra mile and put in an aesthetic thing that doesn't have a function on this guitar. It's not, mm-hmm. as far as I know, it's not a, it's not a, a uh, an O-ring in between two pieces of wood. It's there to harken back to the original design and to give you that look, which I think just looks really great. Uh, I think they re- did a really good job nailing the look. Uh, I almost, when I picked it up, I almost questioned, did they? are they making resiglass now? This doesn't feel like wood initially. There's something kind of plasticky and fiberglassy about it, and I think that just comes from how they must have chambered the body. Like, right. It feels like it could be pretty hollow throughout. Uh, the weight of it is nice. Um, I think it's the fit and finish is very nice. There's no, there's nothing on here that I would call out as as being a flaw, really. Mm-hmm. So I'm really impressed. I, I didn't play with it a ton, um, honestly. Like I I picked it up. The neck is not for me. It is this th- here. Here's the thing that most people need to know about this guitar, and I've been getting a lot of questions, and I've seen other people talking about them other places, and it's the questions I've had about them since you know I first learned about Eastwood guitars mm-hmm. and them making the airline guitars. Is how is this thing gonna feel? Right, because it's crazy. There's a line of six knobs and the switch right above the pickups on the body. Like in the place where most people put their hands and are strumming and things like that. Uh, the neck is not your normal style neck. Yeah, I think it's, it's just it's kind of a, a fatter vintage feel. Very much, yeah. Um, it's not, there's, I say I don't like the neck, but I don't like these necks on any guitars. Absolutely. Like, it's a taste thing. It's very much like a, a that 60s budget guitar uh-huh. neck profile sure um well here here's the here's the kicker that i've been which well just just i guess that's to say like i feel like the the neck profile is is like reproduction correct absolutely the action is fantastic which is not reproduction correct inside you know what i mean right depending on what you read about these things they're kind of hit and miss the originals right this is the action plays like a modern guitar. This actually came up it, when I un, uncased it. The action was set much, much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost wondered if that was to mimic the original playability of the original guitars. Right. It was two finger twists, and I had this the bridge set up the way I like a bridge to be set up, to have the action set up the way I want. Right. And it plays like a fully modern guitar as far as the action goes. I'm not getting any fret buzz on this thing. 
I've not had any kind of problem that you get with poorly made guitars mm-hmm. where you know the neck isn't quite right or the frets aren't quite right. This thing is bound on the on the neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the frets are very nice and smooth on the edges. There's no extra bite like you would get on a cheaper guitar or anything like that or some sort of funky import. Yeah, it's got a Bigsby trim. I think that's the B50. I'm not 100% it, sure. It's, a, it's an... And here's... Well, let me let me talk about these knobs. Sure, let's talk that, about the knobs. That's a big question. We talked about the neck. Probably the first day or two I played this, mm-hmm. I was having trouble with my palm uh, turning the volume and tone knobs for the bridge pickup down. Right. And what happens is with any guitar that's different than what you're used to, eventually you adjust and it becomes a non-issue. Right. So I've played this guitar enough now. I've played it live twice now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been using it for all the demos and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, I've been playing it like out of enjoyment a lot and for doing various things. I just had to shift where I was putting my palm. Right. And once you get the muscle memory down, you're not even thinking about it anymore. I put my, I like balanced the ball of my wrist on that edge of the big speed right there now mm-hmm. when I need to put it down somewhere. And also, it's more correct to be holding your arm, your hand out and be playing with your arm instead of your wrist, anyways. So it's kind of been make, reminding me more correct playing posture, I guess. Which I wouldn't say is a feature, but it's just what I'm getting out of it. Sure. Uh, talking about the Bigsby now, something I really, really love about this Bigsby setup is that it came with the longer style spring. Oh, really? A lot of Bigsby's come with the shorter style spring, and if you're not, if you didn't know there was a difference, have you ever picked up a Bigsby guitar, a Bigsby equipped guitar? And it's like you press the big speed down and you're like, there's almost no play on this. It touches the body of the guitar and it's done. Yeah. You put in the longer style spring and it gives you way more play. You can, you, you, I can't, I'm not gonna say you can dive bomb, but you can get a lot more aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot more dive out of it. Um, it's a lot smoother too. So this big speed setup came set up the way I like big speeds to be set up, which is a huge deal for me. Uh, I don't know how the originals were as far as their trims go, uh, but I've I've really been enjoying this thing. Uh, we should talk about the pickups. Yeah, the pickups are really unique. I didn't know this when I played with it before, but they are actually single coil. Pickups. They are single coil because that is the style pickup that was in the originals. Right. Um, they're in a humbucker style case, and that harkens back to a day of import guitars where. Uh, companies that were producing guitars outside of the U.S. were seeing pictures of Les Pauls and Gibson-style guitars and going like, oh, their pickup designs are, look different. There are these big right. boxes. Uh, ours are these skinny little things. Uh, put the skinny little things in big boxes because mm-hmm. that's a visual style. And they were all bu- designing guitars off of catalogs. They didn't right. have them in person. So you got this generation of humbuckers-looking pickups that were actually single coils. Uh, these things are really interesting sounding. Right. The bridge, none of them sound like you think single coil and you think Fender sound. None of these sound like Fender pickups to me. It's, sure. It's three pickup, but none of it sounds like a Strat. None of it sounds like a Telecaster. They're their own thing, and they're they're really unique, and they're enjoyable in their own way. If you need to have a certain kind of sound, you can always swap these out. They're humbucker-sized. It's no sweat 
for you to get what you want and put them in here. Um, I honestly really enjoy them. They're, they're different. The, the bridge pickup is, uh, it's bright, but it's not quacky like a Strad. The bridge pickup, that, then that's the thing that I guess surprised me is like the bridge pickup sounds very modern to me. Uh-huh. And it, I, I almost like in playing it, I thought it was a humbucker. They're not noisy, and, but and there is a little noisy. bit of, there is a little bit of 60 cycle hum there. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's, not, but just, it's not quiet like a humbucker. It was just like so like modern and balanced sounding. Like, right. But yeah, you know, honestly, like if I think about it, it doesn't sound like a humbucker. It doesn't have that like, like that weird mid thing going on. Right. And what it sounds like is is a really quiet P90. Yeah, kind of, but not as shrill and not as barky. Right, right, yeah. Like it's a weird, is bright on the bridge, but it's not piercing and it's mm-hmm. not over the top. It's kind of a smoother sounding uh, bridge pickup. And then when you get into the middle and the neck pickup, you get a lot of low end on those. Yeah. You get a lot of creaminess. Uh, I think the middle position is really brilliant for kind of strummy sort of stuff. Uh, the neck pickup is pretty, it's got a lot of low end. Uh, it's it's kind of unique. I haven't completely bonded with the neck yet, but uh, I'm sure someone out there would fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. I have kind of a weird thing with neck pickups. Like I just want them all to sound like... Uh, like slash basically. <laughs> so I'm not the best judge of pickup character when it comes to neck pickup uh, stuff, but it is, it's totally like, it's what you would expect a creamy kind of classy, smooth sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what this guitar is great at? What is it? Great this guitar at? is great at link Ray. Like it loves, I believe it. It loves the link Ray kind of sounds a little bit of crispy dirt into right. some reverb. Big strummy power chordy sort of stuff, uh, kind of low note runs. It loves that. It's a it's a big time Link Ray guitar. Um, obviously, in the style of the guitar that Jack White played in the White Stripes. Sure. Uh, so if you have a Jack White cover band, these are obviously an option. Yeah, Eastwood makes this one. I think they also do make like a JB Hutto style. That's sure. That's going to be like more. Oh, they make a lot Jack of, white accurate. <laughs> they make a lot of variations of this guitar. And I'm, sh- and I think this is the premium version. Right. Uh, a, a member of the inner circle requested that we get, because when it was an option for us to get these, we had the option to pick guitars out of Eastwood's catalog. So mm-hmm. we kind of made a push to pick what we think we could help sell basically, or what people would be most interested in hearing about. Uh, so we had a couple picked out and these are the two that they send it, sent us. Uh, people wanted to know about the middle pickup. If it's worth getting a middle pickup option, I think it totally is. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. It sounds really great. But if you know that you're a neck or bridge pickup player only, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of options out there that are cheaper than this one. So totally just go for it. Like, you don't need the middle if that's not your jam. But if you sure. are curious about the middle, you might want to. I think the middle go sounds really good. It's yeah. You know, I'm not usually a fan of middle pickups, uh, like on my Strat. Like I, uh-huh. I almost never find myself on the middle pickup. Also, the combined alone. settings sound really nice, especially yeah. the one and two pickup setting mm-hmm. in between the bridge and the middle. That to me actually, and they're not, they're not noise canceling when you combine them. No, but that to me sounds like a fully modern humbucker. Huh. Where it's like big and full, right? But it's also like better than a humbucker because you get the clarity of the singles. I think that setting is really, really great. I 
I think and I'm going to do, I, I should have a full demo of this up on YouTube so you can hear it and hear what it sounds like and see me going through the Yeah, I it. would say, um, I think my bottom line with this, again, I've, I haven't spent a ton of time with it because you, right. o- you offered it to me. You're like, Hey, I know you're playing electric guitar next week. You want to take this? And right. like, I just knew like the neck is, is different, is different enough that I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to make the adjustment. Sure. Um, in time to be comfortable playing with it. But uh, that being said, so it's not like a shred tastic neck by any means, but the guitar is really versatile in the tones yeah. that you can get. It's kind and of if you a can wide get comfortable, it's kind of a wide neck. I feel like, um, I feel like there's hand me that bass. There's some really specific, um, just feel, and I feel like if I was in a guitar in a band where like, like I could use a wide, a big wide neck. Uh huh. Um, and I mean, like, it's not like so. I guess the neck's not so weird. Maybe it's just your strap. Maybe that's it might why have I didn't been. like the neck. I think you might have just had a weird first impression, which is what, like, full honesty, you pick this up for the first time and you've never played this style of guitar. It's gonna feel really weird. Yeah, it's gonna feel really weird. Uh, the neck is is not what you're used to. It's that, like we said, that vintage style uh, that you just don't feel a lot anymore. The body is actually very comfortable. Yeah, that even though it's a bizarre looking shape, that flat edge where your uh, where your arm goes mm-hmm. is very comfortable. The German carve, like I've never owned a German carved guitar, and I was always wondering like, what's that going to feel like? Is it going to be sharp against your arm, or is it going to feel uncomfortable? What I found with it is that it's a lower sin- surface area effect, mm-hmm. where your arm is pressing against less guitar because of that sure. gap. And so there's actually less irritation on your arm, which is very interesting to me. Uh, it's been very comfortable. I've had no problem. I'm notorious for getting sweaty and sticky with guitars mm-hmm. and getting uh, rubbed raw on my inner forearm. So I don't think that'll be an issue with this. Um, it looks freaking great. It looks so good. So cool. If this is your style at all, it's kind of like, you're one of the people online who are asking questions about it and curious about it. I think the the real trade off with these is like we've said, there's gonna it's gonna feel funky. It's gonna take some getting used to, but it's completely playable. And once you get used to it, all those issues are non issues. And if you bought it, you own it. You can modify this thing, man. If you don't like all those knobs, you can take it down to two knobs if you want. You can make it a master volume master tone and put a little chrome. Uh, button covers in there or something like that. Like you own something, modify it to be what you want. Also, there's other model options on Eastwood's site that have less knobs or different knobs. Sure. Uh, so if you really th- think that's going to be an option I or a problem for you, it wasn't a problem for me. I've gotten used to it and I'm not bumping those knobs at all, but I've never been one of those guys who strums so hard that he bleeds. <laughs> so, you know, I can understand I can understand the worry and maybe I'm not the best person to uh, to deal with those doubts that people might have, but I don't know. I'd say if you can track one down to touch it, go for it. Uh, if not, I think you can buy these in confidence. I think they're, I think they're great guitars. Uh, I think the thing that we've really got to talk about is to me, what's really interesting is because they've gone to great lengths to capture a lot of the authenticity of the originals, mm-hmm. 
And when you do that, there's some modern modern feeling and modern features that just aren't there. And so you have to ask yourself, do I need a guitar that plays like what we consider a modern guitar? Exactly. Do I need something that plays like a Telecaster or a Les Paul or what has become the standard of modern guitars? Right. You're not going to get that with this. It's going to feel very different. But then it's interesting to me that they've made this decision because they could have easily said to uh, the designers and the manufacturers in Korea, make this play like a Les Paul. Oh, exactly. I mean, it would. Right. And they would have done it and it would have been like people would be like, oh, this plays like a Les Paul and it's, it's fun, but it's not like the original. They went to great lengths to make this play and feel like the real deal. But then also there's a trade off where they did give it some modern appointments. The tuning keys work great. The Bigsby works great. You know, the pickups sound great. They don't sound like a half-broken, like, poorly designed, you know, import factory pickup from the 50s or 60s, you know? You know these were made in the United States, Were they? Yeah. Airline is a Montgomery Wards company. Like, Airline, Montgomery Wards, Supra. Oh, okay. I guess I was thinking of something else, but still, like they're not known. The originals aren't known yeah. for like. No, they're definitely like it's a funky thing. They're definitely funky. So they're definitely there's, there's a trade reputation as like student model. There's a trade, yeah, because they're department store guitars. Yeah, the originals. The, there is a trade off that they a line that they did choose to cross where they made certain parts of it modern playable. Sure, the pickups are modern playable. They're not funky and weird and you know, high character in a bad way. All the knobs work in a normal, modern way. The mm-hmm. switch works in a modern, normal way. Nothing is failing. The Bigsby is is not some sort of weird take on a Bigsby that is, you know, uncomfortable or feels unnatural. Like, it's smooth. It's a licensed Bigsby, but licensed Bigsby's are the way to go all the time. And it's got the right spring, in my opinion. The finish is great. I mean, I know, I know we've spent, like, the last half of the show just gushing about these guitars, but I actually really, really, really like them. <laughs> you know, I it the the airline is in the price point as that PRS right that we had the Starla. Mm-hmm. I have no problem saying they're on the same quality level. Sure, it's just that the airline is way quirkier and has uh, the airline definitely has way more character in a good way mm-hmm. than the PRS. And the PRS is a fully modern guitar, fully modern design fully modern playability. And the criticism with PRSs is always that they're low character and that <laughs> they don't have soul. Did you say So this is like the opposite. This, this comes with a lot of JWs. I'll say that <laughs> there's a lot of built mojo built into this. Yeah. So if you're looking for a high character guitar, that is actually really a mo- great modern player. I had no problem playing fast on this thing. Yeah. Once no, I got, the neck, once I got, is, everything's put together great. Once I got used to the neck being different than everything, and, you know, it doesn't have modern super fret access, but it's not hard to deal with that body shape and get onto the neck, you know? You, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. Do um, it. I kind of, one of the reasons I didn't want to spend a lot of time with it is because I know you were, we hadn't put together the demo yet, and you're more of the guitar guy, and we had a guitar and a bass. Right, know? right. Uh, so I think once you get everything recorded that you want to record, we've got some more time. Like maybe I'll take it for a couple of weeks. Sure. And you have more and, opinions. Uh, have a more opinion. And then we can double back on like a what's new segment where I'll say, hey, I yeah. spent two weeks with the airline and 
here's what I really think about this neck that yeah. beyond my beyond a first impression. Totally, totally. Because you really did get first impressions, and I've had more than a first impression with yeah. the base. But yeah, I just can't gush about this thing enough. And you know what? <laughs> you know what this thing, what this guitar gets a lot of? What? It gets a lot of compliments from people who aren't guitarists. Right. Like family has been over and been like whoa what is that and i've never gotten that reaction to other guitars that i have around right i've had probably the most amount of people at church come up to me and be like what is that what is going on well even people who are guitar players right it's been really interesting like the last few weeks even with the bass like i mentioned that before like they're attention getters yeah people in musical circles they're just like what that's that's different i feel really different this has been a really fun experience for me because i've been eastwood curious for a long time and like i said there's just no way to try him out which is unfortunate uh i kind of wish they would do a road show or something like that <laughs> and, like go around cities and let people play around right. with them uh now that i've played two guitars from them like it completely opens their catalog to me and it's like yeah all these are options now right <laughs> you know and, and i'm you know that's i guess that's the hope too is that because we got the classic four, but the bass that like I that people that uh, some of our listeners were asking about was the side jack, uh huh, which is like and, a Mozart style. Yeah, and it was like it's like a high flyer, I guess. Right, right. The, it's kind of yeah, the same yeah, thing. yeah. But it's not same. It's not same style. Right, and uh, so I kind of look at it as like, oh, that's really like if you never got the chance to play one, and the thing that I don't know is is if it's safe to say like the quality transfers from model to model. Sure. But assuming it does, like I would buy another Eastwood product blind. Totally. Like if, if, I, if all their guitars are on the same level as these, I have no problem buying with confidence Exactly. on looks alone. And just be aware that if something is funky looking, you're probably going to have to get used to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, but you can do that. You know, it's not, it just takes, a couple days of playing with something before you're used to it. I have to get used to switching from the SG to a, like a Strat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're totally different guitar shapes. You know, so it's that sort of thing. Um, if you have any questions as a listener about these guitars, we're going to have them around and we're totally open to answering questions honestly. Write us an email if you don't want to do it in the public. 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Bring it up on the Facebook yeah, group. Bring it up on the Facebook group. Ask us on Instagram. You know, whatever you want to do. Well, we're really helpful. It says on our Facebook page that we answer messages incredibly fast. And it's true. <laughs> well, dude, I don't, I don't, I hate that. I hate that stupid badge because it like one minute it'll be like nine hours. And then like right now it's nine hours and then it'll be like five minutes. Right. And then like, somebody, it just depends on if you message us before we go to sleep. Yeah. Somebody will send a message at like 10 PM and I'm like, I can't answer this right now. Right. Right. So it just waits until like 10 AM. So it's been 12 hours and it like ruins our score. It's the dumbest thing It bothers thing ever. you because you're a scorekeeper. I know. It's, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, that's really good. We answer same day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of options. Um, I think it sounds like we're wrapping this up. Yeah, we probably should. We're so, at an hour uh, six. Let's <laughs> talk about scorekeeping. I know, right? Well, uh, you know, let's, I've got to edit this thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's thank our uh, sponsor, Barefoot Buttons. Absolutely. www.barefootbuttons.com. The uh-huh. Barefoot of Buttons. And check out our YouTube channel. I should have the demo up for the airline up by this episode. I might have the demo for the base up. Uh, we're going to do some other media with them uh, as we have them. 
the I know this right now because the as of recording this, the intro for the airline demo is done. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went full shred on this intro. I did a full animation again when I swore I'd never do animation again after the Julia because it kind of killed me. But I did this really awesome thing that's really entertaining. It's a combination of like the Jetsons. Don't spoil it. Okay. It's got a Jetsons things going on, but it's also got a lot of heavy influence from like Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I've been busting up laughing just working on it. I'm showing it to people who are not guitarists and they're busting up laughing. It's I think it's a solid piece of entertainment. And it's only a minute long, the intro. So it's not one of my stupid long ones. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to not to cut the time down. Yeah, I like how you interrupted our sponsor spot to talk about Did that. Did I interrupt it? Yeah. I'm sorry, Barefoot Buttons. <sighs> uh, barefoot Buttons. They're the Barefoot Buttons of Buttons. Uh, they're really great. We already. Gu- this is the gushing episode. We're gushing so much. That should be the title of it is Ryan and Steve gush. Ryan and Steve are gushing. All right. Full anyway, gushing. Um, I've got a big old stupid smile you, on my face. You've heard us talk about barefoot. You are. You're usually not this excited at the I end know. of the second episode. Well, I'm, you know, um, I really like these guitars. I really like what we talked about. I love it. You've heard us talk about barefoot buttons a few times. Yeah. You're going to hear about it this one more time. I don't think time. I'm ever going to stop talking about um, them. Again, you see it on Instagram. You see it on my board. You see it on Ryan's board. That's not because we have them. That's because they're super cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely use gear that are competing with other sponsors that we have. This is not a case of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just very, very excited, again, to do the whole barefoot buttons thing. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about our song now. They're not like some of these... The barefoot buttons aren't like some of these novelty products you can get for guitars. Like, say if someone was to make, say, like a four-inch metal spike, you, <laughs> you could connect and use as a strap peg for your guitar. It's not stupid like that. It's a cool product that you'll actually use on your actual pedal board, and you'll actually like get your money's worth out of them. Oh my gosh! More than your money's worth because they're gonna last forever. Yeah. Barefoot buttons—they're not like a four-inch spike on your guitar. All right, let's talk about the song. All right, this song was sent to us by Andy Phipps. He says, hi, Ryan and Steve. I wasn't sure about sending you this as it's kind of loud, but after the feature track on the Pizza Trade episode, we should be okay. Uh, His band is called Casa Bonita, and they are a two-piece rock band from London, England, utilizing Telecasters with weird tunings and octave pedals to sound less weedy while still trying to carry a pop tune. I play said Telecasters and do most of the singing slash yelling. This track is from our 2015, again, this is reading Andy's letter, uh, 2015 self-produced album, Domesticate Yourself, and is soon to be also featured on Dwarfcraft Device's noisy tape compilation of songs by cool guys. I'm not sure if that's the final title or not. You'll need to check with Ben. Uh, ben from Dwarfcraft. Of course. Uh, try and make it to the chorus. I swear there's some pop hooks in there. Uh, big love from London Town, Andy Doog Phipps. Again, uh, you can check out his band, Casa Bonita. Phipps is such a British name. Uh, Casabonita.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash Casa Bonita UK. This song is called Peacocking. We love it. Hope you love it too. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Later, guys. See ya. I'm in- 